0: from grain to glass this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible so strap in and hold on to your mash tons we're homebrew bound welcome to homebrew bound i'm casey and i'm gordon and this is the best beer show on the internet according to our mother's Oh, man, I love that you say that. Uh, That's just fantastic, man. Tradition's important sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Uh, We've actually had entire episodes about that. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, uh, you will notice uh, Brian is unfortunately unable to be here again this week. Uh, he should be back next week. Uh, yeah, there was a whole like thing about. Oh no, this is not Oh, I don't have to make up some ridiculous <laughs> excuse. He just couldn't be here. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zammergy magazine. Go on the home homepage and join today. I Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons: Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romansky, Hoffman. Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. Uh, If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. Uh, Becoming a patron gives you access to the live version of this show, uh, where we are now monitoring the chat, because I realized last week that I missed some chat, so uh, I am now monitoring the chat, uh, so you guys can join in on the conversation uh, and give us your uh, tidbits and what have yous. Those are things, right? Yes, Tidbits absolutely. and what I have uh-huh. you. perfect. All right. And uh, while you're over at BlindedStudios.com looking for that patron link, <laughs> go ahead and click on that store link at the top of our homepage uh, or head over to teespring.com slash stores slash studios and, uh, you know, buy some merch because merch is great. But not the no banana shirt. I'm sorry that it's not there yet. <laughs> there is no no banana shirt yet. I... I we had a falling out with our artist, man. Like, there's a lot of like weird behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, listen to DOO, and you get all the you get all the
1: dirty deeds. Well, it's a good thing that your regular co-host doesn't have a brewery that works with a really awesome graphic designer.
0: Yes, I know. I'm going to do that, okay? Gosh, I have to spend that patron money on something besides beer. <laughs> you guys are thirsty motherfuckers. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but man, like. Like no joke, half of half of the patron budget goes to buying these guys beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just got higher ABV beer, then we would drink. Less. Well, and like all right, so what it does is it goes to ingredients, so I can brew beer, so they can drink beer. It's a whole thing. <laughs> All right, Um, yeah, so today uh, we're going to continue our blam discussion, uh, but instead of doing the what we've been up to beer, uh, related in beer lately, uh, Gordon is a fledgling home brewer. Fledgling, is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. Um, And he has a few recipe ideas that he wants us to flesh out a little bit. So we're going to do that at the top of the show, and then we're going to uh, talk about the next chapter in uh, the Blam book, uh, which is called Beyond the Heavenly Gates. Uh, We're going to be talking about Duvel, and we have some in our glass right here uh, so we can kind of taste while we're doing this. Not Orval. Not Orval. Not Orval, yes. I I went to three different liquor stores to find the wrong beer and end up accidentally buying the right one. I'm an idiot. Because I actually did my homework. Well, I did my homework like four weeks ago, man. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Still on vacation, brain. Right. right. I still want to be on the island.
1: All right. Uh, so Gordon, what are these? Uh, what are these uh, beers that you have? Well, the big one uh, that we presented before was uh, uh, Big Oaf, the Old yep. Ale. What was that two years ago now? I think so. I'm wondering if that's on this computer or not. It
0: it might be on a different one. But yeah. I
1: basically, want to carbon copy that over. But we were talking last night. I want to throw that either into a Firkin cask, oh. and age it. on like uh, bourbon barrel oak staves or maybe barrel age it in a little homebrew barrel and then throw it on something else.
0: Okay, so you want to keep the same recipe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know what that recipe
1: is? Uh, I wonder if I still have it. Maybe on my old phone. Water experiment.
0: Oh our recipes click here I'm trying to remember if I put this one on the, on the webpage or not nope I just have the wedding
1: beer and the water experiment beer on there oh hey I do have it oh perfect perfect I don't have percentages though but uh, Maris Otter was the base through some rye uh, DRC Crystal 60 and Carafa. So you have the malts, but no percentages? No. I have the poundage used. Okay. Uh. Well, What are the pounds? 13 pounds of Maris Otter, 5 pounds of rye, quarter pound of DRC, 2 pounds of Crystal 60, and a quarter pound of Carafa. And I remember we threw in, you had some rice hulls. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm Maybe a pound, yep. if I remember right. And then did uh, 2 ounces of Warrior in 60 minutes. Yeast used uh, WLP 001, which is... That London ale?
0: No, 001 is just, it's a very it, clean, only, like it's the, it's like California ale yeast.
1: I wonder, I think we swapped that for London ale when it came down to the brew day. Did it? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh Yeah, I used four smackbacks on that. <clears throat> uh The the estimated OGs were 1, 1131 and f- was supposed to finish at 1031 40 IBUs, 73 SRM came out, and it was supposed to come out at 13%, came out at 12.1. And I don't think we threw anything else in there that time. It came out great. Yeah, no, I I think it was was a very simple brew day. I
0: mean, the simplest you can get for
1: 13%. And my plan was just to dial in the recipe originally, and then once I have, okay, cool, I like this, I want to throw it into a barrel and barrel agent, bump that ABV up. Uh, but that recipe turned out very well. Yeah, so I, I don't want to touch that. That's that's fine. But the question is, barrel agent, then throw it into a firkin with something in there just for kicks and giggles, or just throw it into a firkin with some bourbon oak staves? Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: so... I find like if you have the barrel, that's fun, but then you're spending a hundred dollars on a barrel versus like ten bucks on oak staves that you can soak in a bourbon of your choice and then throw in. Right. Um, you're going to get a
1: similar result. Um, oak staves are just a little easier. And I thought, well, in the, with a bourbon barrel, if I do that, then I'm going to throw my apple pie moonshine into it afterwards. Oh, okay. Okay. Two uses out of it, at least. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, with the apple
0: pie, you can probably get more than that because you're not really, you're not really worried about a contaminant at that point, because it'll
1: murder whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's only 190. uh, I suppose it gets diluted down to about 155 when I did the math, but still, it's up there. Yeah, it's that's definitely up there. And when you drink it by the pint, you don't feel so well. But, so, assuming I just barrel it and I want to throw in a firkin, the question is, what do I want to put in there? And I was almost thinking, you know, like, we talked yesterday, like, throwing whoppers in there. Give it that little chocolate note. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how that would play well. Right. Well, and you
0: you don't have to throw anything in the firkin. You yeah. You could just have it in there on the firkin and not mess with the, the profile that way.
1: Which is, yeah, that's the other... That's the other thing. but I figured, hey, you know, if I'm throwing something at firkin why not play well, with yeah, it? Well, yeah, but there,
0: I mean, there's already a lot going on with this beer, like, especially if you barrel age it. Like, do you really want to detract from that by adding adding something, for lack of a better word, gimmicky on top of that?
1: That's fair. Yeah, probably just go with the barrel age. Keep it simple. Because there, yeah, I remember with that, that it was... A lot of gram, some toast. notes to it. well. Us. And that was a, that was a beer like caramel.
0: it really hit its peak at like six, seven months mm-hmm. is where it was super
1: drinkable and ready to go. Yeah, because we we left it in the fermenter three three and a half months mm-hmm. before car- car- carving it and. And it. then yeah, it was on K. Ca- well, I mean,
0: it was it was on tap for <laughs> like eight months <laughs> because it'd be like, well, I'll have a half a glass. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> we all we all tried. We all really, really tried. <laughs> all right.
1: Um, well, uh, So what was the other one that you wanted to do? I've been wanting to do a West Coast IPA for a while. Okay, West Coast and IPA. the original plan, I wanted to play around with American Two Row and Golden Promise. But after hearing you, was it Sugar Creek? Yeah, Sugar Creek
0: Ball. Um, yeah, which... I should have that beer ready for tasting next week, and we'll have them on in the next couple of weeks here as soon as we I really we want to play it with that, that
1: crystal malt that you guys tasted on. That, that crystal rye? So so part
0: of that is I wonder if that's going to be too sweet for um, an IPA.
1: Well, I'm going with Simcoe and, oh, what was the other one? Simcoe and, uh, and I didn't write down the other hop like I was supposed to. West Coast, real piney. Um, so, like, Cascade, Centennial. No.
0: Um, aren't, uh, Amarillo.
1: I'll think of it later. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have both of them on here. I had two separate recipes because I wanted to play with them separately just to see which one I like more. Um, it started with a G. I
0: thought. Uh, Galena? No. No, Galaxy. No. Uh... Well, now this is this is bad
1: radio. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I wonder with that bitterness if that balances out the sweetness. If I, I mean, like it, it would row. help.
0: But so if you're going for a West Coast style, though, you want that body to drop away. Um, and I find if if I'm brewing like a West Coast style IPA, I want a very simple body. I want something that's good that'll hold up a little bit. Um, Where you can tell that it's there, but it's not the star of the show. The star of the show in there is definitely Hops. Mm -hmm. So you want uh, maybe like majority baseball with just like maybe like some Munich or victory or something like that to add just a little bit of complexity. But then you want that to drop away and you just want that palate stripping bitterness. It for I mean and so hazy is a little different where you want you, you want like that, that malt body to stand up a little bit because like it has to support all these juice characters. Um, East coast and uh, I guess mid coast or no coast is kind of the same where you you're you're more malt forward and so you want you want those malts there. If you want to do a west coast style IPA, I don't think that's the right malt. Um, that's something where you want really want the malts to shine, like in like an American Amber or something like that. Chinook, that was it. Not Chinook. a G. Yeah, that is so. definitely not a G. <laughs> um, that's a that's a C actually. <laughs> Chinook and Simcoe, that's the plan. Okay, that'll be good. Um, yeah, I would I would I mean even even doing Maris Otter or, or Golden Promise and that, I would just like. I would just go back to just like a raw Brees Two Row. Because yeah. like the, the malts aren't the star of
1: that beer. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, you know, I wanted to throw some caramel in there to just give it that nice a little bit of color and Hue. yep. I was thinking probably twenty, twenty five percent. Probably maybe maybe a caramel sixty or would I like wouldn't
0: dark? even do twenty
1: five percent. I would do five,
0: ten percent. Okay. Just enough for color. Go with a darker um, caramel, or, uh, like yeah, and just add enough to get the color that you want, and then add some sugar in there to really dry out that body, and you're gonna get that nice crispness that you want. Yeah, I'm trying to go for that palate stripping.
1: Yeah, yeah, pine.
0: So yeah, so adding <clears> sweetness <throat> from the malt isn't gonna
1: help you because you really want to dry this beer out. So the the other one I want to do for this fall is just a German Hefeweizen, you know, nice, nice easy drinker. You know, come in like maybe five percent ish, six okay. on the high end. Well, I was thinking wheat, Vienna, and Pils, maybe some Munich. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, play around with the complexity a little bit. Honestly, if you really want to use that um, that crystal rye, play with it in this. Okay. Um, you'll get a very unique half as long as long as you keep that fifty percent wheat um, and have uh, a lot of base malt in there. You're still gonna get you're still gonna get that half like character, mm-hmm. and then you can play around with the body a little bit and make a very unique beer. Um, are you looking for more banana, more
1: clove, more clove, more clove? Like okay. a citrus and clove would be fun, I think. So like German Hollertal for for the hops, and then uh, what did we talk about yesterday? Well, we
0: talked about maybe taking it more of an American wheat uh, direction, adding some coriander in there, uh, playing with playing around with some spices. So,
1: would you? So, would you say switch out the the Sugar Creek for one of the other malts, or just add that in? I mean, I would.
0: I'd I'd play around with it. I would. Uh, so, if you if you're adding uh, Munich. And victory or uh, whatever, swap maybe swap one of those or reduce one. Um, I don't think I would replace. I would, in addition to, just like lower percentages, play around with it a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you don't want like a muddled malt mess, especially in something that's supposed to be like a two malt beer. Mm-hmm. So like traditionally, half of Eisen, it's wheat and Pilsner. Um, and really, like, the yeast ends up being the, the star of the show with, with, like, a good weedy background. Um, and, or maybe even uh, they have, like, a crystal wheat. Maybe sub out some of the regular wheat for uh, crystal wheat. Mm-hmm. And get your complexity there and then keep your traditional grains the same. That'll work. And
1: don't forget your rice hulls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stock mash in your in your new electric system. I mean, that, so the electric
0: system, uh, a lot harder to get a stuck mash in because I can just pull the basket out. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, those are the three recipes I'm looking at doing here. Okay. Summer, moving into fall time. Yeah. I like
0: it. Uh, yeah, we're going to brew those uh, probably in July, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more once we get those uh, completely nailed down and... Uh, actually, start brewing them. But let's uh, let's dive into the blam. So this is your first introduction to brew like a
1: monk. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? I like. I, well, I've been listening along, and I like it. And I'm more interested in the history of it. But uh, I think you guys talked about before that you know you think brewing monks, you think back to medieval Europe. But here, I mean, this is the very recent. You know, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Uh, or vol really? You know, duval, duval. duval excuse me. <laughs> Damn it! Now I'm doing it. <laughs> Uh, night. Yeah, back in nineteen seventy is when they seemed to hit their stride. Yeah, it's like holy shit, that wasn't that long ago.
0: Yeah. So um, so we have Duvel in front of us. Why don't we do a quick uh, tasting, uh, here? Um, for those of you who haven't had Duvel, uh, go out and buy some. It's fantastic. Uh, it's it's very good. Um, Pours just this beautiful golden color, crystal clear, with a pillowy white head that sticks around for day. like. I have a brain stuck in mine. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I poured this at the beginning of
1: the show, and I still have just a lot of head. I got remaining a little bit left, but I mean, nice. I can't remember what you call the going down the, the lacing. Sides. Lacing, yeah. Just
0: beautiful lacing. Uh, this is a really nice beer. Um, a lot of banana in the nose. Almost uh, like a candy,
1: banana. You know,
0: I, yeah, spirit. like a almost um, like Laffy Taffy banana, mm-hmm. with a hint of bubble gum, and a little bit of clove on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flavor wise, I get, um, like that that Belgian spicy character on the tongue from the yeast. It's very clean, there's a nice malt sweetness, but then like it's it's that stretch body. it's very dry and just leaves you wanting more, yeah, yeah, I God damn it, I like this beer. <laughs> it goes down uh super great for uh eight and a half percent.
1: is it eight and a half yep, no shit, yep, yeah. I haven't had this for years. There's a joint over in the Twin Cities. I'll have it on tap every once in a blue moon. But thoroughly really happy with it. And it's not, like you said, there's that little bit of malt sweetness, but it's not too sweet. Where yeah. It's, you know, like a lot of American beers will have that sugar bomb flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're finally hitting, uh, like,
0: summer here in Wisconsin. Uh, warmer weather, like, this is a perfect warm weather, like, afternoon beer. Um, so let's let's talk about the history here. Um, founded in 1871 as Mortgott Brewery, um, they were brewing other beers other than Duvel. Um, the first Duvel wasn't brewed until the 20s, um, and it was brewed as a victory ale to commemorate uh, World War One. And still at this point, it was not called Duvel. Um, It was originally darker, uh, but the recipe was changed when lighter-colored pilsners became popular in the 70s. Um, Jean de Klerk, who we've talked about a lot uh, in this book, who kind of brought science into Belgian brewing, um, helps with the reformulation of this recipe and and its pale color that has become kind of a trademark of this beer. Like, I mean, that is just—if you look at this, you're like, oh, there's no flavor in that beer. Right. And they talk
1: about that that Duval was once a darker beer. And to quote, the story goes that a brewery worker who had once had a test batch called it the devil of beer. And so it took its name from the Flemish word for devil. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, it's just that that's the fact. Yeah, but it sounds like they they changed the color up or to the like. Yeah, color they, they definitely the lighter pilsners yep. during that time. Yeah, I I'll, was. I'll, uh, yeah,
0: it was very popular at the time for the lighter beers, um, and so like this comes in at like three to four SRM, which is about like what you would see a pilsner at, um, and it's even lighter than the West Mall Triple, which is six to seven SRM. To kind of give you an idea. Um, Like, this is about the color of an American light lager. Mm -hmm. Um, So while the brewery still produces uh, different beers, uh, Duvel is 85% of their output, which is insane. Like, to have a single beer is 85% of their output. I I wish I had Brian or Justin here to ask, like, what, uh, what percent of their output right now is Minisconsin? But I, I bet, like, it might be 50%. Yeah, that's what I'd guess. Um, but 85 is insane for a single beer. Um, so they then renamed their brewery to Duvel uh, Mortgat uh, in the 90s. Because, like, they were known as the Duvel Brewery. Um, and then in 97... So... This is this is a this is kind of a fun note. Um, when I was when I was running around mistakenly trying to buy Orval <laughs> today, uh, like at the last liquor store, I was like, okay, well I can't find Orval, but I know that uh, the brewer we were talking about today, uh, they invested in Omagong, so I'll just get some Omagong instead. Well, I couldn't find any Omagong, <laughs> so I bought Duvel, which is the beer I was looking for in the first place, uh, just as a mistake. But in 97, they became the initial investor in Omegong in New York. Uh, and then in 2003, they took over completely. Like, they bought out the rest of the investors and they they owned the brewery. So Omegong is a Belgian-owned, uh, Belgian-style brewery in the States. Which I imagine it's one of the only ones in that situation. I think it is the only one in that situation. Um... And I don't. Uh, how
1: familiar are you with Omegang oh, Spears? Uh, the only ones I've really seen in circulation out here has been their Game of Thrones series. Okay,
0: so they, they have they have a ton of different ones. Um, they're they're all very good, but they were they were a lot more popular in like kind of around like in the in like the the 2010s, like when we start or when we started this podcast. At least here in the Midwest, I would see, like, their bombers everywhere. And at that point, I didn't
1: like Belgian beer. (laughs) Because I was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, come to think of it, I do have one of their anniversary beers sitting in my my storage somewhere. And I can't remember. It's got to be probably three years old at this point. So, and I can't think of the damn name. I know... It's a Belgian quad. I remember that much. But, yeah, I'd have to find the picture of it sometime.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Omegong is, uh, I mean, it's a fantastic brewery. And it's owned by Duvel. Duvel makes a fantastic beer. I have not had any of their other beers. Uh, I was actually hard-pressed to find (laughs) the names of their other beers. (laughs) Because if you go to the Duvel website, they just talk about Duvel. Right. All right. Um, is there anything you would like to add about the history of Duvel before we dive into the brewing process? No, not on the history. Ben. All right. So the brewing process of Orvel, um, they go really into deep detail here, uh, and it's there's there's a lot of time. Uh, like even on the bottle, they say it takes ninety days to make the perfect uh, to make Duvel perfect on the bottle. I might as well read this here. Uh, meticulous brewing. Um, Warm cellaring for secondary fermentation, cold cellaring to perfection. We chose to take 90 days to make every Duvel uh, because that ensures Duvel reaches you at the absolute peak quality. We could make Duvel faster than our snail's pace, but it, it's more rewarding to our brewers to make it better. Uh, celebrating perfection since 1871. Well, uh, we just proved that wrong with our thing. Like, Duvel has only been around since the 20s.
1: <laughs> so I'm sorry, Margot. Uh You're lying on your bottle. <laughs> well, there's a date on here. It says 07 2021. I imagine that must be a badge, not because. Oh, that had we're in May, uh, Best not Buy. July. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it'll be Best Buy. Um, all right, so the grist is a blend of pilsner malts from Belgium and France. Uh, they use uh, different ones to try to, because of the, the difference in crops from year to year, they try to blend to get that same flavor. Same thing with the hops. Uh, they use steering goldings and saws from uh, different hop farms from around the regions. Um, and the water is demineralized and then ba- built back up. So they're using um, RO water and then building it back up to the profile that they want. Um, and then the yeast, I found this very interesting. It was taken from a culture of McEwen Scotch Ale after World War I. And the culture uh, uh, contained between 10 and 20 strains. And De Klerk isolated a single strain that is still in use today. So there is a single strain of Scottish ale yeast that is now Belgian yeast <laughs> in this
1: beer. It'd be cool just to hear how he was able to reverse engineer that and rebuild up from basically square one.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would love to do an episode on that, but then I I would need another micro or a microbiologist, not another <laughs> one, just one, because I'm not one.
1: <laughs> Where's Katie? <laughs>
0: She's not a microbiologist either. That's well, the-
1: <laughs> I thought she did that in college when we talked to her.
0: Um I thought it was focus on. Uh I thought her focus was psych. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen. Yep. Yeah. Uh anyway. Uh so that's that's super fascinating to me, is that they took an English or I guess a UK strain, a Scottish strain, um, and pulled that to make this beer. Um, a traditional step mash is used for uh, Duvel, followed by a 90-minute boil, which makes sense because uh, Pilsner malt. Uh, do you know why we do a 90-minute boil with Pilsner malt? I do not. Okay. I uh, talked about it. Yep. So uh, Pilsner has a lot of DMS precursors, and uh, with a 90-minute boil, we are sure to drive all of those off. So we have a much less uh, or much smaller chance of getting DMS in our beer, dimethyl sulfide, which is like the cream corn flavor. All right, uh, bittering hops are added at 25 minutes in, about two-thirds of the total hop mass there. Uh, aroma addition is added at 60 minutes into the boil, which is also insane because there's still another 30 minutes left on the boil at that point. What aroma hops are you getting What if you boil I'm them for 30 great. minutes? I don't get... It's, it's all yeast character. Yeah. I
1: don't... There's really no hop on the Mm -hmm. palate either, so... okay.
0: Primary fermentation lasts for only 120 hours. uh, Starting between 61 and 64 degrees Fahrenheit um, or 16 to 18 Celsius and then topping out, uh, so they let it free-rise up to 77 to 84 Fahrenheit or 25 to 29 C. Um, And letting it free-rise is where you get all these ester characters um, that we love. Um, once it hits uh, about 72 uh, Fahrenheit or 22C, uh, they top cross, crop the yeast for the next batch. Um, and then after primary fermentation, so after 120 hours, which is
1: how many days, Gordon? Uh, just shy of a week or close to a week, if I remember right. It'll be five days. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> close to a week. <laughs>
0: Um so after after primary fer- uh, fermentation um the beer is lagered um at temps below freezing for 3 weeks. So after 5 days they drop this down to lager temps and they hold it there for 3 weeks. Um the beer is then dosed with sugar um and then uh 1 million cells uh, per milliliter of fresh yeast for bottling. So it's bottle conditioned. Um, and then bottles are filled at 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 C um, and then set for two weeks to undergo re-fermentation at 75 degrees or 24 C. Then, uh, then the bottles are set to rest for six weeks at 41 degrees or
1: uh, 5 C. That is a lot of work for a beer. Yeah. why And not, a lot of steps. Why not just let it ferment and do its thing? And then bottle condition. Not gonna argue. I mean, they're making a great product, right? It seems like you're. Adding it it, extra it, see, it seems
0: like a lot of steps for. Well, and then I, I I would be curious to taste one that's brewed more. I want to say traditionally, but this is a very traditional thing. But like uh, I guess, in more more of a standard brew, uh, same ingredients, yeast, what have you, with in more of a standard brew, like. Basically, you let it ferment out, you crash, you let it uh, sit in the bright, and then keg versus what they're doing. Imagine you wouldn't get the clarity, not doing that lagering. But that's what the bright's for. You you cold crash, everything should
1: fall out. Hmm. I don't know. It'd be cool. Yeah,
0: uh, my roommate's playing a bunch of dance music upstairs. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say about Duvel? Is there anything that I missed? I know you read this a lot more recently
1: than I have. Yeah. No, I just thought it kind of cool how they have everything, the bottle and conditioning, they have it in a cellar, and they talk about that in the book. Yeah. Uh,
0: you you mentioned uh, the volume of beer that they're brewing. Yes. And you were impressed with that. Uh, what, what's the volume?
1: Uh, where'd that run off to? Um a blah, blah blah where'd it go? Uh so here it is oh, two thousand okay. hectoliter tanks for secondary fermentation. Oh if go back one. Brewery employees traditional step mash. Yeah, so the brewery produces thirty-six two hundred and thirty hectoliters, that's 195 barrel batches of Duval a week. Uh, four brews fill 1,000 hectoliter, hectoliters, 850-barrel tanks. For I'm sorry, what, fermentation. What, what was it um, a week? Uh, 230 hectoliters, so 195
0: uh, barrels. How many barrels? 185 barrels? 95. 195 barrels. Hang on. 195 times 52. I mean, that's only 10,000 barrels a oh, year. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> and every week. That's so much. I guess Lagunitas would be, would be I guess the closest algorithm I can think of. Uh, Well, okay, so I guess this this puts it in perspective. Um, If they're only doing 10,000 barrels a year, uh, Lagunitas is doing almost a million. But is that across all of Lagunitas beers? Yep.
1: This is just one.
0: The, yeah. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, because Lagunitas is doing uh, nine hundred and sixteen thousand uh, barrels,
1: or uh, one million hectoliters. God. And yeah. So this would if this is eighty five percent of their production. You know, you still have another fifteen percent on top of that. Well, ten thousand. I
0: mean. It's a big brewery, but it's honestly surprising it's
1: that small. Yeah, so they have 15, 2,000 hectoliter tanks for secondary fermentation. That's where the 120 hours, they sit in there. But I guess, I mean, if you're, I mean, you're only brewing, you're fermenting for a week at a time. You have plenty of.
0: Well, yeah, well, especially like, so each, like, I mean, if, if each beer is 90 days, like, so each batch you're sitting on for 90 days, that's insane. Like, just your cellaring space alone has to be incredible.
1: And they talk about that. that They have, you know, this is a cellar with beer stacked, ceiling to, or floor to ceiling, and they have a little sign in there that, I don't know if you can pronounce it, This right above my finger here.
0: Uh, Flemish is not my strong yeah.
1: suit, but I'll try.
0: Um, oh, st- here riept, den duvel. Which is here, uh, regardless. uh, meaning the beer is ripening or maturing or here, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, Flemish, not my strong suit, guys. <laughs> I apologize for, uh, any of my, uh, Dutch ancestors that I
1: offended. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, sell the their beer for several months and... You know, they tell you, we want the evolution to take place at home. You know, our goal is to sell the best, our the sell our beer as fresh as possible. So I mean, the quick turnaround for the volume that they're producing, at least. Right.
0: Well, and um, Duvel is the standard for like Michael Jackson said, um, like Duvel is like the Belgian golden ale, like that. Like that that style was this beer, mm-hmm. um, and if you guys haven't read any of Michael Jackson's writings, do that. Uh, they're fantastic. Not um not thriller Michael Jackson <laughs> beer Michael Jackson.
1: <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool. That you talked about them with their they will uh, crop or uh, take off the or do the, the top crop top crop, but they're still using conical. Um, fermentation tanks for that but they have a, a overpressure system with a pipe to do that for them to mm-hmm. cut down on time so it seems like they've really dialed in they, everything they've, they've really modernized and made as easy as possible for mm-hmm. an outfit like this alright uh, is there anything else you'd like to add Gordon or mm-hmm. should we
0: get out of here we should get out of here I suppose we can do that all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and us an email at feedback at You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or follow us on Twitter at blindinstudios. You can also find us on Instagram at Blind Ninja Studios. I'll see you guys next week. See ya.